Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica. And movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass-produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV shows and movies. To the public, the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions. This podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news. This podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy. This podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay. This podcast is... The Galaxy Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me two people in the studio. I have with me Austin the Inquisitor. I'm sorry for everyone at home. I did not mean to clip the audio. And I am Bob Crispin, your semi host, and this is the Galaxy Cast. That's right, we do not have three. So, as if you haven't caught on yet, Gary is still gone for a while. Tara had to work tonight, so she will not be with us tonight. Uh, she may be in or out as we go because she is a college student. And there's two things that are important to college student: food, money, and money, which buys the food. So, <laughs> how do you get to the Met? Money. Yes. So, <laughs> Tara, Tara will will be in and out with us. So we don't know when Gary will be joining us again. If Gary will be joining us again, we'll let you know more as we go along ourselves. Okay. So several things we want to talk about at the beginning of our podcast tonight before we get into the next episode of Wandavision. We're going to talk about DC. Yes, that's right. DC oh movies. We're going to talk about the Riddler and his mask reveal and the DC lineup of movies coming up. We're then going to talk about some trailers. We're going to talk about the trailer for Marvel's MODOK, which is a show that is going to be coming out on Hulu soon. Then we're going to talk about the trailer for G.I. Joe Snake Eyes Origins, which we just watched the trailer and the like behind the scenes talk about the trailer. It only came out four days ago. It's been a week since we last recorded. Well, as of recording, right? So, <laughs> so, so if you listen to the last episode, it's got to be like, oh, very... hey, we just talked about this. Well, that's because it literally came out the day after we talked about it. <laughs> we got the recording and they kind of dropped ironic. it. And they're like... they, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> and then, then the last thing we're going to talk about is Dave Filoni's new title, which was he got promoted, but not really. And we'll talk about what that means. <laughs> My goodness. Sounds salty about that a little more. Yeah, well, hey, this is what I do. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Okay, so our first topic for the night tonight is the, well, the <laughs> photo drop of Batman's Riddler. 
You're gonna have a lot of people that are salty about this, by the way. I, for I, us. I, I got I got questions, man. I got questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the screen. I don't often share the screen with you guys if I can figure it out. Scene uh, four on here on the camera. I know I've seen it there. Okay. <laughs> Into so, the Matrix. Well, yeah, you look like you're something from you know. For a minute there, you looked like you were actually living the scene. You're distracting me, and now I can't remember. You look like you're living the scene out of Spaceballs. You know, the one that where they're looking at. Yes. So, <laughs> as you can see on your screen, that that you're looking at, I'm not joking, this right here, this picture, is a picture of the Riddler in the next Batman movie that's coming out in 2022. Uh, I feel like quoting John Tron here and go, I have several questions. Starting with, what is this? <laughs> uh, well, I don't have a question. I just have three letters. WTF. Like, what I think, What the heck is this? Like, I... It uh, looks like they uh, got bored at the set, so they decided to take this guy, gaff and duct tape his face, and then stick his glasses on. Here's what it looks like. Gonna, <laughs> uh, this is going to get ugly. And, and I don't even know how else to... It looks like the Riddler is into BDSM. <laughs> Um, but you know he's he's one of those BDSM guys that really needs to know what's going on. So he he's he's literally like got his glasses on as a BDSM person. I thought I'd never have a conversation like, about this with my dad. Come on, does this not look like what that that what? I don't know how else to describe this because somebody said, "Well, describe it to me," and I'm like, "Um, it looks like the Riddler went all like leathery BDSM," and that's all I could like say to the person. I'm like, I don't know what else to tell you. What was that scene in a Family Guy where he has a guy dressed up as a horse and he's walking it down the street? Kind, well, I mean, it, yeah, kind of okay. So the, the article says the Riddler's creepy mask gets a detailed look in the images from the Batman 2022 calendar. Detailed. Now, this came out because of the, the calendar that's coming out. Directed by Matt Reeves, the Batman already stands as one of the most anticipated movies of next year. Really? Do you think the Batman is one of the most anticipated movies of next year? I think sorry, it's anticipated think it for how bad it's going to be. Uh, well, I think it's anticipated because people are like, get me to a movie theater because I can finally go outside without a mask on. Apparently, That's really what it is. Also, so. apparently Penguin's going to be in this. If they make it look anything like that, I'm scared. This project <laughs> follows in the steps of 2019's Joker. Well, there's where you went wrong. Uh -huh. In that it will remain separate from the DCEU, so this will not connect to the DC universe in any oh, way. thank goodness. Robert Pattinson plays Bruce Wayne, so expect some sparkly, glowy Batman. Now within his second year is <laughs> Gotham's famed Dark Knight. I'm just imagining a mashup of the robot chicken Jar Jar with Batman. I, well, Look at me, I'm so sparkly, glowy. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm totally picturing, like, I'm Batman, you know, like something like that, you know. I'm not good enough to be Batman. Oh, we're going to have a whiny Batman. We are. You watch. He's going to be a whiny. He's going to be Luke from episode four. Beachy little Batman. Shut up. I wanted to go down and catch Robin's parents from falling and dying. Or I watched some pearls hit the pavement. Now I'm all mean. Are you, you to all those folks see, who are really wanting to see the, Robert Pattinson as Batman, I'm sorry, don't your hate mail too. <laughs> in the old days, don't you think SNL would have totally like latched oh, yeah. onto this? Like, I mean, modern seriously. day SNL won't touch this with a forty foot no, pole but they because would have latched onto it's this not political. Like, oh my gosh, they would have latched onto this. The Batman specifically follows him as a series of gruesome murders rock the city. Reeves has said his, this film will dig into Batman's skill set as a detective. Oh boy. 
Oh, and the you're going to have Patterson also be promises, the detective? Oh. The Batman also promises to hold an impressive slate of supporting characters, from Catwoman, as played by Zoe Kravitz, to the Penguin, an unrecognizable Colin Farrell. I'm sorry, is Colin Farrell ever recognizable? Oh, I'm concerned that the Penguin's just going to be a guy with a penguin-like mask. Based if on this the... is the Riddler mask, you just got a penguin who's going to have this long nose and has like those uh, masks mm-hmm. out of New Orleans and be going, I'm the penguin. Yes, I can tell by your nose. Based on the one trailer that has debuted, the main villain appears to be the Riddler, played by Paul Dano. In the Batman's world, he goes by his traditional name of Edward Nashton and is the person responsible for the murders. Um, he also wears a mask outfitted with goggles, thus preventing anyone from actually seeing his face. With the Batman still several months away, much of the Riddler's role remains a mystery. Isn't the Riddler's alter ego Edward Nigma? Yeah. Did somebody at Screen Rant like not fact check this? Or I don't know. Or are, is DC playing maybe, God maybe. with the okay. comics uh, now? All right, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I haven't done a lot of research about this particular The Batman myself. I love how they keep saying it, The Batman. Uh, I have not researched a lot about the Riddler version they're using here. Maybe there is a version of the Riddler named Edward Nashton. I Maybe the only one we know of is Edward Nigma, and maybe there is another one named Edward Nashton. I'm going to get them the benefit of the doubt on that, but I am kind of skeptical already. I'm already uh, kind of like this is low on like wanting to watch priority. So it says, as the wait for another trailer continues, fans have now received a new look at the Riddler's mask via the Batman's 2022 calendar. Shared online by Robert Pattinson Photos, the back of the calendar shows two shots of the Riddler with his mask, with the one in the top right corner giving the most detailed look yet. And even that one's scarier. I'm not even going to show you that one, because if you saw the first one, you're going to be like, <laughs> This one, you, it looks like, like the it's other one to your even, soul. Right, and <laughs> the other one just, just looks ugly. It's on Twitter. You can go out there and check it out if you really if want you, to. If you follow Robert Pattinson, you've probably already seen it. Um, I, well, oh and my. also, I mean, the other way I could describe that particular one is it looks like the mummy, you know, <laughs> didn't quite come out correctly. <laughs> Well, maybe Joe Biden and the mummy got together. That's what it is, you know? Yeah. A while back, we had, some, we had some pictures for the outfit in the first place, and the ears were super long. And in these photos, we have short ears, so I'm concerned. It's, uh... I am slightly concerned about Robert Pattinson in general. I mean, I hope he beefed up for this role, because if he Just... didn't, and we get the skinny, skinny I've never skinny watched Robert's... Twilight. Was he really skinny? In... Oh, my gosh, yeah. He was like as skinny as a rail. And, uh, and everyone who really yeah. likes Twilight is out there raving against me. Why didn't you watch it? I, I, think I didn't it's like, want to. I think it's like a lot why a lot of girls ended up being on the side of the other guy. What was the other guy's? Oh, yeah, uh, it was Jacob. Jacob and who? Why do I know? It's it's Jacob and Edward. There we go. Jacob and Edward. I think a lot of girls ended up on the side of Jacob because he looked ripped compared to Edward. But that's because Edward was so small. He was a freaking toothpick, right? Like, And everybody's like, oh, he's so hot. And, and they like, only really? know that. Because the guy's be- got like nothing. Like, the only I, okay, reason I listen, know that is because of Ruth. And I'm just going to say this because I get it. I have like a keg down there, right? When most people have a six pack, I have 14, 24 packs. That's the way I always kind of look at it. That's why I call it a kegger. And and I'm not going to brag about my kegger because I get it. I'm overweight. And I accept that about myself. Yeah. And that, that's okay. I'm not going to sit here and tell people they shouldn't fat shame me. Fat shame me from hell till Tuesday. I don't oh, know. I don't know if it'll. <laughs> I don't know if it'll change the way. You're I opening eat, the door to Hondo and Ned. I am. I know. You see how that works. I'm, but here's I the, mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. <laughs> 
there's not even a three pack on him, and I'm talking about Batman. At least, he's really he's really more flat chested uh, or flat bellied, I should say. Yeah, let's let's put it this way. Even if he ate a hot dog, I'm not sure you would see it. You know, well, you'd see it, but I mean, like he wouldn't have a. A two-pack down there. Robert Pattinson is, like, skinny as a rail. So I'm hoping he beefed up. The rumor is he has. I'm kind of curious. Rumor. Yes. So Rumor has it. Uh, so it says, by keeping the Riddler's mask on through all of his appearance so far, it's clear that Batman wishes to keep Dano's full look a secret in the lead-up to the film's premiere. That might be a good idea. Even if there isn't anything particularly shocking about the appearance without the mask, there the mere sight of it is doing wonders to build up anticipation. Oh, uh, okay. So, More of, like, bad fan base. I, I, I was about to say, let's talk <laughs> about the anticipation online. I've been scrolling through Facebook, and I saw this article, and there's another one that has the same picture, and it talks about the same thing, and it adds a little bit more. The comments are 99% I, I can only imagine. negative. I mm, bet. <laughs> some some of them go darker than what we've here, said. Here's where you know the media is full of themselves, right? Ready for the read this sentence. The Riddler looks terrifying and ominous like this. It's hard not to feel deeply unsettled when looking at him. Um I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, not, I didn't mean to sneeze there. I'm not all that unsettled by that. Actually, I'm more concerned that he's gonna suffocate with all the duct tape on his face. I Can't mean, breathe. Right? Like losing yeah. oxygen. I, oh, I know what's going on here. It's, uh-huh. it's his COVID mask. Uh-huh. It's too tight. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was uh, wearing it outside in the sun. It shrank. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. And then he made sure that he couldn't breathe so that he wouldn't breathe the air and accidentally get water droplets in there. <laughs> and suddenly he's choking and he's like... <laughs> so this sadly... Uh, so Batman 22 is scheduled to come out later this year, but it's since been delayed in March of 2022. Aww. This sadly means it's likely to be sometime before the latter trailer debuts online. It's a good thing, then, that merchandise is still rolling out, thus giving fans some kind of look at the highly anticipated DC film. Is there any DC film that's highly anticipated? I'm sorry, no. Uh, well, there, <laughs> there is for me. Shazam, well, the Black, uh, Black Adam. Black Adam, yeah. yeah. I kind of feel like that's one where like, everyone's going... I might going, actually look at that one. Yes. <laughs> I like I can't believe that my world is now down to I hope the rock saves my franchise. <laughs> what? <laughs> Though the promise of Pattinson as Batman is certainly exciting for who? That's... Much of the thrill of the Batman also stems from the Riddler's frightening role within it. Hopefully new teases about what's to come will emerge soon. So here when when I say the Riddler to you, do you think of a bad guy who's frightening? No, I think of think the, of all the different versions of the Riddler you've I seen. Think between of more of the Jim one out of Young Justice, where he's to like the Batman animated series to Young Justice. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The Riddler. When you hear the Riddler, do you think, "Ooh, spooky, frightening"? Is that no, what that, comes that, to that's mind? That's more the Joker. Thank you. Thank the Joker is supposed to be the one that drives Batman to the ultimate limit. I mean, of even what if, he will do as a detective, as a hero versus a villain, or even a, a vigilante. Even the penguin would strike me as being more scary, scary because he's a mutated freak. <laughs> right. So what's uh, ooh, he writes a riddle and he's got duct tape on. I mean like what am I going to Oh, what what wasn't the first appearance of the Riddler in the animated TV series they were like through the maze and every once in a while a yes. riddle would pop up. Yeah. Gee, gosh, golly, Batman, how we solve this riddle? It's this answer, Robin. It's that yes. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like Wow. And if you re- remember, the Riddler just had like an annoying, nagging laugh, and you were kind of like, <laughs> like, not you know, even like Joker esque, where Mar- like Mark Hamill's nailed the Joker voice. It was awesome. No, he has. Whereas this one, it's like, 
I'm going to be annoying. <laughs> I will say this. Oh, almost the, come off. The Riddler from the 1966 Batman TV series, yeah. I think it's much better than the Jim Carrey version. I like Jim Carrey's version, but it's not the best version of the Riddler. Uh, I, I think the 66 I Batman like his, got it better. I kind of feel like the outfits are the same, almost. To an extent, yes. Almost to the extent. But I like the the cackle carry added yes. to it a little bit more than yeah. others. I mean, I thought the storyline for Jim Carrey was stupid. The whole, you know, I'm going to steal your brainwaves crap. That was total garbage. And also having and, Two-Face and I, thrown in there, I don't really... Well, Two-Face could have been good with the Riddler. That I, could have all worked out had they come up with a better storyline for the Riddler. I just thought the, the, the idea of stealing brainwaves was just kind of crud. I, I, there had to be a better, big, like bigger was, concept than I'm going to get you addicted to TV so I can steal your brain. I kind of felt like the writer for that was like sitting at the bottom of the barrel going, well, I've got either I, I don't think it was a bottom of the barrel parents, moment. I think it was more or, of a, what's, what, what, what can be the big MacGuffin in this movie? And they weren't quite sure where to go with that. And they, Especially they, they with chose, the Riddler. They chose unwisely. See, I think the, the big MacGuffin should have been Harvey Dent and Two Face. See, they made the Riddler the bigger deal there, and they made Two Face the the littler deal. I think they should have flip flopped that. Mm-hmm. I think the the Riddler should have been the bottom of of what was going on, and I think Two Face should have been the main lead on that. Kind one, of so. the way they played it with uh, Catwoman versus Penguin. Catwoman was kind of yeah B, second rate B role to, situation, yes. whereas Penguin was definitely yes. a role of everything yep. else. Yeah, and I think that's why that movie came out better. And I, I so, definitely agree with that. Think, thinking about all that, too, okay? So here's the <laughs> thing that they put on the Screen Rant article. And again, you can find this in the show notes. So after oh. the show, check them out. They've got the release dates for the upcoming DC movies. And I was kind of like, huh, okay, this is interesting. Let's look at and this. Then, <laughs> and, and I was like, wait, what? So 2021 <laughs> is the Suicide Squad. We knew that was coming out on August 6th and of this year, which is fine. There's apparently some major set photos have been coming out revealing yes. Yes. more characters. That's fine. That, that's Suicide whatnot. Squad. I fully expected yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Batman is coming at the Batman. Sorry, I keep... The Batman is coming out in 2022. Get it right. March 4th of 2022. Here's the one I was like, wait, What? <laughs> So, release date of May 20th, 2022. You ready for this? DC Super Pets. Wait, what? <laughs> like, I had to read that three times to make sure I read that correctly. I, I, I kind of want to ask the executives at Warner Brothers, uh, did, you, did you guys get, like, given some... Here's what I figured. Some good you drugs know, know, for yeah. that? You gotta... You gotta I, here's what I figure. So, they figure... They, they can't beat Marvel at gods. They, they've already been defeated there. They can't meet, beat Marvel at villains because, let's face it, Thanos and... Snapping and I, half the world right, away. Okay. Uh, they can't beat them at superheroes, right? Because, let's face it, Captain America, Iron Man, they've kind of beat them there. But they could, they could beat them at super dogs, right? Crypto, huh? huh? A monkey? Any? Come on, what says superhero more than a purple monkey? <laughs> Right? Come on. You I'm got that. To think of What's other the name ones? of the monkey? I can't remember. The I, don't, I don't know. You were the one who grew up watching I Super Friends. I want to know if, uh, if the Super Twins will be in this. You know, Wonder Twin hilarious. powers activate in the it, form of a hawk and a snake. Right? Like I, I would laugh if that's the case and they were just there to be able to speak English so that the rest of the animals can talk in, na- in normal voice. That is a good question. Do you have to be Dr. Doolittle to go see this movie? <laughs> I mean, maybe you don't or, understand. Or the like, entire film woof, is... Woof, bark, bark. What are they saying? I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> Doolittle, what's he saying? He says, we need to go beat Superman right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know, like, I, I don't know where to go with that. Like, uh, does, does that, well, yeah. 
I have other it questions, be, but they're not appropriate for this podcast. It would be hilarious if all of a sudden they have <laughs> the dogs and cats mean we're going to be super friends. Okay. No, that name's taken. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be super pets. Okay. Yay. Yay. That's better. This is going to be as bad as, what was it, G-Force with the gerbils and the balls yes. and all that, right? Like, this is going to be that bad. I can see that already. <laughs> this is going to be that. like, I think G-Force got like a 2.5 Metacritic this, or something like that. This is why this has me concerned, because if that movie bombs, then maybe the movies after it won't happen, right? Flash. Right. So you have Flash in November 4th of 2022. The Black Adam, this is what's killing me, doesn't come out until July 29th of 2022. So we see all these pictures of The Rock and all these previews of how ripped The Rock is. Dude, he's got to stay that way till 2022. Good night. Good luck. Uh, I mean, I don't have he that stayed kinda... ripped how many years? I know. He, yeah, I know. I, I he's already it. a very muscly dude. I don't think there's that no, guy, that takes that, much to keep him in shape. The guy probably eats steroids for like <laughs> breakfast every morning. So there's no, you know... I'm sorry. I don't. I know there's a lot of people who are like that's all natural. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm calling bullcrap. Uh, no way. That guy. <laughs> something's in that guy's cornflakes. I'm telling you right now. Anyway, <laughs> Aquaman two comes out on December sixteenth of twenty twenty two. I love the way that you're saying is like Black Adam is the saving grace. I'm wishing for The Rock to save DC. I'm sitting going, that's like saying asking John Cena to save Fast and Furious. He just might. <laughs> he, I don't know. He, he just might because. Yeah, when you're on the, Fast the and last Furious two were nine, <laughs> and you've officially gone past Rocky now, <laughs> and and you know you're starting to have more movies than Rocky. You know, maybe Spaceballs was wrong. Maybe it's not Rocky five thousand. Maybe it's Fast and Furious thirty eight million. You know, like <laughs> so. Uh, the last one is Shazam two that comes out on June second of twenty twenty three. So I mean, it 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 is a nice lineup of movies. Don't get me wrong. This is at the bottom of that article, by the way. But it's like at the same time, like I said, the only one economy me go uh, is DC Super, Super pets. pets. But hey, you know maybe I maybe, mean, maybe crypto is the the you know the jam that they need to, to jumpstart their whole thing. So does this mean that they're including the bat cow out of like the issue number of weird weird issue number? Like I said, there is actually knows? a bat cow. Who knows who will show up in that one? Maybe there's the shark that bit Batman in 66. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> he's called the anti-Batman. DC's doing it right. They're beating Marvel to Spider-Ham. It's all good. That's it. <laughs> no, they've already done that in the <laughs> into the Spider-Verse. Yeah but, yeah, but they haven't done it in real action. See, now they're going to beat them in real action. So that's, that's where it's important. Why? Do you get my sarcasm? I get your sarcasm. Okay, but why does everything have to be live action? Because Lion King. I'm sorry, did I, I make that too obvious now? I, I still have not watched that, and I have no interest to want to. Neither have I. Okay, so our next subject oh, for the day, tonight, night, whatever you want to call it, is the trailer for MODOK. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's this? Uh, there's, there's good and bad behind this whole thing. It's, it's a little creepy, the whole trailer... Uh, and and you said it best, Austin. It has a a robot chicken. It feels like robot chicken meant a little bit more stilted. Situation. It does make me wonder who is who's doing the animation claymation part of it. Like, did they maybe hire Seth Green's group? That's why I'm looking it up right now on IMDb. <laughs> I was about to say because I'm wondering if they hired Seth Green's group to do it. 
because the animation looks a lot like the robot chicken style of animation that I would come to expect. Yeah, it almost looks like that merged with some of like the old school, the holiday films that we used to watch as kids, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with the really old one. Well, it's it's claymation style anyway. Yeah. I'm sitting but there going, Ugh. look at the cast, and this is where I was kind of like, <laughs> when I went, How? wait, what? This is the cast? Okay, so Melissa Fumero is Melissa Tarleton. Modoc is played by Patton Oswalt. Amy Garcia plays Jody Tarleton. Wendy McLendon Covey plays Monica Rappaccini. By the way, that is the mother from the Goldbergs, if you didn't know who that is. Oh. Ben Schwartz is playing Lou Tarleton. Nathan Fillion is playing Sim- <laughs> Simon Williams. Whoopi Goldberg is playing Marion Pouncey. Bill Hader is Samuel Stearns. John Hamm is Iron Man. You've got Beck Bennett playing Austin Vandersleet. John Daly of the Daily, well, the old Daily, Super Adaptoid, which was the, the gray robot we saw, by the way. Oh, that's what John that is. DiMaggio is an AIM agent, and Sam Richardson is playing Gary. I mean, that, that's pretty, I mean, considering it's an you animated like a decent, show, all, you've got a decent cast All-star cast, like, you're getting some A-level actors and actresses, like, whoa. I, I really want to know, are they going to get into how MODOK goes from being, you know, MODOK to the face of Modoc. Like, I don't even know. First off, here's what I think they're doing, Mar- what Marvel is doing with this. First off, I think they realize there's no way a live-action Modoc is ever in our wildest dreams ever going to be taken seriously. No. Like, see, if you put that in the MCU in, a, in a, like, a realistic form, I uh, think you're going to... Marvel fans are just going to laugh their tails off. They're just going to turn to that Family Guy moment where they're watching the movie and he just like, gets up and goes, nope, and walks yes, out the theater. Yeah, I think that really... Like, I think there will be people going, I, can I get my money back? Because that was not... What the heck was that? So I think in their efforts to be like, you know what? We We're, can't... We can't do this live action. Right, you Let's can't do anything with this. So why not let like a Seth Green type group, and I'm telling you, I bet there's there's some of them there... Uh, let them go to town on this thing and have some fun. Now, rumor, I believe, was that Kevin Smith had some things to do with this, and I'm not surprised if that's the case, if Kevin Smith had his say, hand in it. Pull up the page quick. Because it, it really, uh, I didn't see, well, I didn't look at the producers Scrolls. and all that. Executive producers, Patton Oswalt's one, series music, series art. So I'm not I'm not seeing Kevin Smith listed Scroll off. Scroll back so all the way up to the top. Maybe it's just a rumor. Who knows? Directed by Alex Kramer and Eric Towner. Writing Patton Oswald, Jordan Bloom, Jack Kirby. Well, that's wait, because wait, wait. And Stan, Stan Lee. Because oh, they're comic. comic they part, based parts. it off. Of, so the, some of the writing is uh, coming from them. I was going to say, because it says one episode. So. Right, right. So, uh, you know. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh. I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the background you have Seth, uh, Kevin Smith and Seth Green just sitting there adding really dumb ideas in just to have now here's here's the really stupid thing about the whole thing Mm -hmm. as far as like portraying modok it's actually quite accurate kind of accurate (laughs) and i can't believe i'm saying that it's not like that's not really fair but it's also fair like it and you get classic era aim outfits which right look which stunning right like (laughs) They're amazing looking, and you have what looks like the toys almost out of like the eighties. Well, that's that's yeah. And you mentioned that like even the shield agents, the shield have agents the old, have the old white ones like you yeah, have the, for your Dugan, the right, one Dugan the, outfit, the blue and like, white. You hang know, on, look go back to the two agents. seconds before the Marvel logo. 
What is that? Is I, it supposed I, to be a helicarrier? I think it's supposed to be a helicarrier. Because it looks yes. like a chocolate bar that was just yeah, like painted. Well, it's you know, it's it's low resolution. <laughs> Let's again, you're you're expecting high <laughs> things from you know, I don't know, claymation. That's, I know, I'm just laughing. Lower at your it. bar just a little. No. So shield agents look like the old shield agents. Modok still got his laser coming out of his forehead, if that's really what it is. I mean, I have a lot of questions about Modok, and I had him as a child too. Like, how does he go to the bathroom? Very carefully. Uh, <laughs> you get what I'm saying, right? Like, you know, there's there's a lot of things about Modok. I'm kind of like, that doesn't make sense. And how does he do this? And how, like, where is, you know, anything on his body that that would be normal? I mean, yeah, it's kind of scary. And I get he's got a big head because he's smart. I get it. But then what happens to the rest of the organs? And so it looks <laughs> like we're going to have a thing where, where Modok's going to have a divorce. And he has one kid that looks like him. Just one. Well, the other one. His, like, big, doofy hair. Well, the other one's his, his daughter, I believe, that's supposed to be like him. And the other one's actually his boy. So one looks like him exactly with the big head The other and one looks other more one, like a girl. Well, I think that looks more like the wife. So that's, that's you know, if you're going to have a divorce, that kind of makes sense. You know, Monarch does try to take over the world. And it's kind of interesting that they, they... Now, here's where I thought it got interesting. <laughs> yes. Here, all right. Now, I just want to talk about this a minute. Because I think this says something. In the trailer, they show Wonder Man. And he's in his old school outfit. He's in his old school Wonder Man outfit. Did the old school right? outfit have green sleeves? Well, you're talking about the very first version. This is like the second-ish version okay. of the 1980s. Well, I the 1970s. Green, yeah, the green 19s, sleeves. The 1970s version had green with yellow, and then it, it really? went black I and it was, red. I thought it was green with black and red. It just had green sleeves. That's the only thing. No, I, no, no, it was it was a little bit different than this the original Wonder Man. And yeah, there's so been many you, interpretations, people. Yes, but but here's where I'm kind of like, this makes me wonder a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So if they threw Wonder Man into Modoc's show, what does that tell you about what they want to do with Wonder Man? They Maybe. possibly might want to bring him into the universe, the MCU. No, actually, I think Wonder Man they're going to leave out. Remember I, what I said about Modoc? They threw Modoc in here because they knew there was no way to do. The original, you know, there's no way to do Wonder or excuse me, Modoc realistically. So there's a different versions of Wonder Man. That's what I was bringing up. Uh, okay. So the one on the the middle left here is the old version, and then this was the really old version. So he went like it goes from left to right basically. Oh, and so he went from that green style to the blue and then the black, and now he's back at more like the. I will laugh because the the current one looks a lot more like the original. I'm like, how did we go all the way back? So I just wanted to show you Nostalgia. that. Nostalgia. But, but do you think it's possible that maybe Wonder Man's not going to show up in the MCU now, now that they've put him in this show? I don't think so. I think they don't want to put him in right away. They want to use him, but uh, I don't not know. necessarily. I don't think they would have let them use this character unless they didn't want to Does, use him again. Doesn't MODOK create Wonder Man by, like, pure accident? I don't remember how Wonder Man gets created. Now, well, here's the other one. I was kind of like, well, that makes sense, too. The other character that's in this that I, I think says a lot Fing Fang Foom. Fing Fang Foom. And again, I'm sorry. how do you realistically put Fing Fang Foom in the Marvel Universe? You know, I, he's this giant dragon looking thing. It doesn't fit. Well, I, I'm, every time I see him, I still think of Never Ending Story. And I have the music. Right? I still have the music in my head. So wait, wait, when I wait, see wait, wait. Fing Fang Foom, that's what plays in my head is the Never Ending Story Look music. at the background in that shot. It's all MODOK stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's he a, owns the city or something. No, yeah. I think he's in an alternate like dream reality. Like it's a Never Ending Story. Well, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's MODOK. Yeah. Three MODOKs. Three 
Modoc. Yeah, you know, so he owns That's it like all. Hilarious. It is kind of. I thought it's interesting too that we've got this female character. I'm not even sure who she is. I think she's supposed to be one of the Tarlingtons that was mentioned. Oh, one of the Tarlingtons, yeah. maybe. So that that'll that'll be. I don't know. And there's your there's super the adaptoid. Okay. Which I again, as as a Marvel oh. character, I don't see them wanting to bring him in. So I'm again, I'm wondering if they're just going to put all the characters in the show that they don't care about in the Marvel universe, or just they to can't. say they put them in a show and they don't have to worry about them in the MCU. Hmm. And that might be a possibility. And it's humorous. I, I, I'm genuinely kind of excited to join it or to watch it. But Do you think it's dangerous to have a humorous Marvel TV show, though? Like, no. Okay. I, I, I just I'm worry not that, worried. I worry that people will be like, oh, my gosh, this is Marvel 2. Like, you know what I mean? So if you're somebody like my, my wife who's who just watches the movies and nothing else, and you don't read the comic books, it kind of, you're like, this looks bad. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like. Even, but I will say this: if you just look at it as they're playing with it, well, if you just look at it as satire, it's perfect, and that's exactly oh, yeah. what Modok oh, is. Yeah. He's satire, and that's that's why you're supposed. Even to Even when they it. tried doing it in the newest Avengers game, because I know you haven't played it, but I have. They introduced. We'll brag about it. Wait a minute. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying because I know you. For other people out there who don't necessarily have watched it, they introduced Modok in a really weird way. Mm-hmm. They play with Terrigen as if a power source. So they didn't know that it creates in humans. And he somehow becomes MODOK because of exposure to Terrigen. And he starts genetically devolving and becoming yep. more and more. There behead. are different versions of MODOK, and that's one of the versions that Terrigen actually caused him to do. And that. so the advanced ideal mechanics, one of the scientists named Tarlington, developed an anti cure that is essentially like the reverse of Terrigen. And has been like feeding into the body, and suddenly it's battling to the point where he has a huge, big ass head and little itty bitty arms. <laughs> and yep. he ends up being stuck to a chair with telekinetic powers. Yep. And I'm sitting there going, I, I-, I don't buy it. <laughs> it doesn't. St- it's no. kind of the origin story of Modak, though, by the way. I know it's kind of the origin story of Modak, but it's kind of like, I just, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so moving on, that. our next trailer is. The G.I. Joe origin story of Snake Eyes, which is ironic because we just got done last episode looking at the pictures of G.I. Joe origin Snake Eyes, and now we get the... uh, It's actually Snake Eyes G.I. Joe origins, and now we get the trailer. So this trailer, like, right from the get-go, we've got a guy... sword fight. With some sword fighting going on. You see what definitely is Storm Shadow, who's got a double katana in his hand. We see cars flipping everywhere. We see a guy jumping down into a cave, and it looks like he has to fight some people, and it just tells us coming out this summer. And they talk about warriors and needing ninja warriors and all sorts of crazy stuff. Storm Shadow looks kind of interesting. He's always got, like, a white coat on, it looks like, and I think that's what's going to separate him from the Snake Eyes character. They're saying they're looking for a warrior. They need him. He pulls out a katana. A blind guy starts to train him. We saw, see this woman flipping stuff around. We see I am Scarlet. With the force of the forces with me. Sorry, I'm kinda, yeah. We see Scarlet <laughs> with her crossbow, the way, which I yeah. thought was cool. And then we see her with, then an, we eight, see her with, with an, an M4. M6, well, it looks like an M16 or maybe oh, a modified okay. M4. You might be right there. And then with, the other person's using the an MP5. Well, it's the Baroness. She's I know, got but an MP5. she's using an MP5. And, you know, more sword fighting, more card things. And, and here's then we the mask. see the mask of. It's not a bad looking Snake Eyes mask. Oh, it, it looks really accurate. It looks pretty accurate to the whole thing. I, and then title card. <laughs> well, and then it, the Snake Eyes logo, too. Now, they have admitted that this is 
going to be a reboot of the G.I. Joe franchise. That's why Austin and I continued watching because the second half of it, and again, I'll put it in the show notes, they talk about like what they're doing here. And basically the whole, the whole hope is to relaunch the G.I. Joe franchise. So first thoughts on trailer. What do you think? It starts off with really good action and already telling like Eric, very good blocking on many of the shots, the way the camera works at the same time as well. The uh, fighters are fighting. You definitely have that nice sweeping camera, almost almost out of like some of the old Kung Fu movies, because I've seen a few things of that, like examples. It looks cool. I'm not saying it's a great sellout. I'm not saying my 10 for 10, my butt's in the seat of the theater. My butt's in the seat about six-tenths of the way. So here's where I get concerned, and I'll tell you why I'm concerned about this one. Shoot. If I didn't give you the title, G.I. Joe, the origin story of Snake Eyes, would you have gotten that this is a G.I. Joe movie? Actually, yes. How? Baroness is uh, very much looking like Baroness, and I think I saw one Cobra emblem there. Nope. She no? has no Cobra emblems on at all. I went back uh, and watched it three times to look for them. There's no okay. Cobra emblems well, I, anywhere. I'm just imagining one then. I'm sorry. Probably are, because I thought I saw one too. That's why I went back to look, because I was like, did I see Scarlet one? Scarlet using a crossbow pulls right from one of the comic books, right from one of the other mo- other shows and stuff like that. So that feels very G.I. Joe-esque. And Snake Eyes' mask is synonymous once uh, it's shown. I'll give you that. But here's That mask is synonymous right out of the comic but, books. But here's where I think this movie is going to go. I don't think you're going to see the mask till the last 10 minutes. Fine. I don't think you're going to see Scarlet and Baroness till the last 10 minutes. I don't think... I'd say last... No, I think it's going to be the last 10 minutes. Because I think Scarlet's Scarlet. going to show up and be like, we need you back in America and here's why. And and Baroness is going to be chasing her, and that that's going to be the that's going to be the end of the movie. That is nah, that is going to nah. be. I'm telling you right now, we're starting an Avengers Initiative moment. That's going to be the. Mean- G- but I think that's going to be the Nick Fury moment. Like we need you back at in America for to join our special ops unit. Blah blah blah. Um, but my concern is this whole movie is going to be a big old Japanese action film, which is fine, but without any sort of GI Joe connection, I I think that's. That, that that's a hard sell. That's I can, a hard I can sell. see your point, but I have faith in the fact that they said they want to cover Snake Eyes' story before he loses his speech. Lots of the hints at it being like the same way out of one of the other movies where it was a backstory that was all five minutes, but now it's being dragged out into a full film. And I feel that Scarlet and Baroness are going to have a larger presence. I don't. <laughs> from what I gathered from this, the trailer there's times where shadow and snake eyes are in the same shot like as if by brothers and i think what's going to happen is is baroness and scarlet are going to approach them and they're going to split and that's where it's going to cause the feud between the two of them um well they were brothers first off as far as brothers in arms they did work together if you didn't know that in the gi joe origin stories no i did not but I'm guessing this movie will elaborate on that. It probably will. By the way, if you watch the G.I. Joe TV series, they talk about it. So uh, t- pay attention to when they talk about their past because Storm Shadows and Snake Eyes. It's why Storm Shadow or it's why Snake Eyes always lets Storm Shadow get away, by the way. Oh, he never ever, actually ever captures Storm Shadow. He usually helps him out if he can. And that's because they used to work together as brothers in a dojo. And that I think he has a hard time. Doesn't with he that. blame him for the the master, the headmaster's death? 
There's something about that. I okay. can't remember what, what that storyline is. But the two of them, yes, they worked together quite a bit. I know it, this it's is... an okay trailer. I, I will say this. Go watch the trailer yourself. But here's what I want. Like I said, my only caveat is if I had not been told it's a G.I. Joe movie, I'm not sure I would have picked up on it. It's kind of like the Joker movie, right? I, I told you that was my caveat going into the Joker. I wanted to see that it was the Joker. And if you had not put the title Joker on it, I would have had no idea that you were talking about the Joker. Um, I just would have thought it was about a psychotic clown. Uh, I've never watched the Joker. I'm telling you, it's two hours of your life can't get back, and, and it's that's really what you not said, and that's why time. I haven't watched it. <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. I you am and Tara watched it. I am concerned that this movie is going to turn into that. It is going to be a movie about samurai warriors, right? Great, but how does that get me into Snake it's, Eyes? How does that make he, me want to think that GI Joe is around the corner and that Snake Eyes is going to be involved? I guess that's what I'm concerned. I'm, I'm going to guess and wait and see. But I think your concern is kind of like the same thing out of Wolverine X Men Origins. And I was not impressed with that movie You were not impressed with that, and you kind of were like, when we first watched those trailers, I swear, when we first watched them, you look at me and go, that's not going to take off. It's going nowhere. I called it, and the things that that I had a problem with were the same things everybody else had a problem with. That included the the Silver Samurai dude. I forget his name now. No, that's the Wolverine versus X-Men Origins Wolverine. X-Men Origin one was the... You see him battling through World War II and everything, and then he goes into Vietnam. Then oh, that one. one. Okay. Guy. All right. Yeah, yeah. And he had I called Ryan that Re- one, too. I, it was he got reasons. Ryan Reynolds, who did the, yes, the right. really bad Deadpool, and even he called that out. That's right. why Deadpool became right. what it is. Well, that one was just as awful, too. And I mean, for the same reasons that I called that one out, too, that Sabretooth didn't make sense in that movie. Ryan Reynolds didn't make sense in that movie. The whole clan group of guys that was supposed to be with Wolverine made no sense at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of called that all out. And it should have had That's Ram- not how Weapon X was? No. No. Oh. What? No, and Rambo was awful. Remember, he was supposed to be, uh, which which would eventually be Gambit, by the way. And Gambit really, he oh, was yeah. awful. Gambit, Gambit didn't fit. It was awful. He wasn't Sabretooth Gambit Sabretooth and him weren't really brothers? They were, but I'm saying the version of Sabretooth they gave you was kind of a crappy, wimpy okay. version of Sabretooth. Who should have been able to go toe-to-toe with Wolverine and quite honestly couldn't. So that, that's, that was my issue. Okay. All right. So let's move on to our last topic since we're a Star Wars and more podcast. Let's talk Star Wars. Hey, folks. Big news came out this week. Dave Filoni got an, got, he, he, did you know? He got promoted. Except it's okay. a year old. Did you all know that? So, off of Variety's article, because I had to pull this up because I read this today, I was like, wait, what? So Variety reports, and again, I'll put this in the show notes. It says the voice is strong with Dave Filoni, and so it seems is Twitter. And then this part grabbed my attention. Last summer, Lucasfilm quietly promoted the executive producer and frequent writer and director of The Mandalorian to executive creative director for the entire studio, a rep confirms with Variety. But the company didn't update its website with Filoni's new title until this week, which is when it began to percolate and then explode across Reddit and Twitter as if the promotion had just happened. Okay, so here's where it gets screwed up. A year ago, Dave Filoni gets a promotion, Ooh. which is good. That's good. He's, he's a writer and a director, and he gets promotion to executive creative director, which basically puts him at the top of writing skills and writing expectations for Star Wars. Good. Go, Dave Filoni. Good for you. But Disney doesn't update its website? What? What? Why wouldn't you update? I mean, if this is such a big deal, right? Why wouldn't you update your website? And here's where it gets really yeah. confusing, right? So supposedly he gets this supposed promotion, 
So they finally update the website, and this is what I thought was hysterical. Everyone's congratulating Dave Filoni. As if it was yesterday. As if it just happened. So Ming-Na Wen goes out and congratulates Dave Filoni. People who should be in the know congratulated Dave Filoni, including our creative director for The Mandalorian himself. John Favreau. John Favreau. So everybody was kind of like, well, wow, he did get promoted. And I didn't even know that this was, like, we just found out today that this was over a year old. What was the, go all the way down to the bottom of this article. I think there's a paragraph that said something like, here, in December. So in December, Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy announced that Filoni and Favreau are executive producing several Mandalorian spinoffs for Disney+, Plus, including the Book of Boba Fett, which is currently shooting and premiering in December, and Ahsoka starring Rosario Dawson. Well, if she doesn't get fired. And based on the character Filoni created in The Clone Wars, a third spinoff, Rangers of the New Republic, is not currently in active development. Oh, by the way, just to add some information to all this, it's been canceled. Oh. Rangers of the New Republic is no more. Want to know why it's no more? Kathleen Kennedy? Because Gina Carano is no more. So they decided to axe the whole project. I didn't know if uh, that, that was coming back. I'm glad you brought up a certain someone because I really think there is something going on here. And I think we're I think we're playing the Catholic Church move here. Okay, so here's what, here's what I'm saying. When the Catholic Church wants to get rid of an, an archbishop because they did something wrong, they don't just remove the archbishop and replace them with another archbishop, right? They mm-hmm. start making moves. They move people below that archbishop and make a space for that is, archbishop to move Is this the joke down. Robin Williams was like, uh, find the pedophile? Yes, yes, find the pedophile and move around. Don't you tell. Don't you tell. Hell, here's your tell. Yes, yes, yes. So this is what Robin Williams is actually accurate. He is absolutely right. When there's one found as a pedophile, they move people around below the archbishop. They'll move the archbishop down into a church and be like, okay, you're a pastor of this church now. And then they'll promote another archbishop and be like, we have a new archbishop. What they didn't tell you was, oh, old archbishop, well, he might have sodomized 20 boys. You know, so. Nothing new. Nothing new. Right? Whoops. <laughs> and we'll just devote him and nobody will know. And oh well. What, what, and, is the, and, what does that feel like the hologram scene out of the uh, family like, guy to start with? Very much. This is all important stuff I'll read later. Right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, we'll fast forward through this part. So <laughs> I, I think Disney is pulling a Catholic church. I think they are creating space below. They're going to move people around. I think Filoni's been promoted to where he's at so he can continue with the storylines that we've been liking and loving in the Disney Plus app. And I really think they are preparing and they're making way to move Kathleen Kennedy wherever they're going to move her. I don't think it's going to be in the Star Wars franchise. I think you're going to see her go to Pixar, to Disney film, to something else. And I think someone is going to get moved in above, just above Filoni, who could rebuild the franchise, who could help lead Star Wars. I mean, I, I'm at the point right now, like, bring George back. I, I put, put George back. You had been saying for the longest while I, you I, didn't I, want George back because I have been. I have been against it because I'm like George got he got he got old on it, right? Like he got he got bored with it. I think <laughs> No, I one, really think that's what happened. Episodes one, two, and three, he introduced Midichlorians just to like I think just a play with everybody's head. But I think he did kind of get bored with things, and that's that's. I really do think that's what happened with George Lucas. But at this point, I'm kind of like, do something. Bring him <laughs> back, someone. Bring someone in. She's not doing the, the job. Great, get her out get of the chair. juices flowing. Get something going. I mean, if you really want to win fans back, I, I, I don't... George Lucas could do it. Now, there are others, I think, that could also do it. Putting John Favreau in, in the lead, yeah. But I, I'm not sure... 
First off, I'm not sure John Favreau would want the lead. I'm not convinced of that yet. He's not a big. I'm not even the... sure he's a good executive person. I, I would imagine he's a good director and producer. I, I think he's great behind the camera. Like I have no doubt about all that. I'm just not sure he's a Kevin Feige type. I'm not convinced of that. Or he would have been ahead of the Marvel Universe. I mean, he helped to build it, don't get me wrong. But Feige's the one that really put it all yeah. together, right? Like, Favreau did a good job of getting Iron Man to connect with Captain America, to connect with Hulk and all that. Like, he did a good job of making sure they all connected. But really, Feige was the one who came in and, and really kind of and, saved and, the Marvel yeah, Universe. Yeah, kind of created the MCU as There's it is today. There's a couple people, I think, that could come in and save Star Wars. I think, I think George Lucas is one. The other one, I think he could do it. Steve Sansweet. I mean, he's just sitting around right now. He has nothing else to do. He's running the Skywalker Ranch. I totally could see Steve coming in and being I, like, okay, you know, cracking his knuckles and being like, okay, we're going to fix this. I'm a sucker in real good. Like, well, I could totally see him. Who's doing the it. one? Howard. Brace Dallas Howard, I think it's her name. Brace Dallas Howard. Why not mean, have her move up? I don't think. Okay. I think she's a good director. I think she's good at what she does. I'm not sure she's a big enough Star Wars fan to make that. Well, if you promise, if you make it a paired situation, maybe instead of having one person in charge of all of Star Wars, you have two or three. Maybe so you have her. You have maybe her and Taika Waititi. Maybe Steve Sansweet, Taika Waititi, and Favreau sitting up there. So the four of them are working together to produce maybe all of Star Wars and fix the mess Kathleen Kennedy has left behind. Uh, Maybe I don't know, and and I keep saying. Any moment now, Kathleen Kennedy's, you know, there's still that May 21st or May 20th. No, it was 21st. It was today. There was supposed to be a meeting today as they were recording with the uppers at Lucasfilm. And that's what I'm saying. It's really kind of fishy that they make this change to the website this now. week. Why would you do it this week when you're meeting on the 21st to talk about Kathleen Kennedy's contract, which, by the way, I think is up at the end of June. But the discussion about the contract was supposed to happen starting today. I have a feeling they're not renewing her contract. I, and that's just, I really have this feeling that it's, that's not happening. And something I had saw while scrolling through to find stuff for us to record about, there is filler going to go in for what was happening for Luke between episode six and his appearance on Mandalorian and Last Jedi where he ended up. Mm. And we're supposed to be seeing intermittent films and there's supposed to be some things in the Andor show or movie, whatever it is. That's going to line up with Luke's timeline, and it's going to introduce some things. There's supposedly supposed to be a character Brie Larson's supposed to play, but all of it's rumors and nothing is confirmed. And I'm not going to go into the rabbit hole of trying to explain these rumors, And I, they are rumors. Here's what, I, here's what I will say about all of that. I think these are all wishes and dreams and, you know... Kathleen of, Kennedy's of, hopes. And, no, I don't even think they're Kathleen Kennedy's. I think these are Star Wars fans like... <gasps> I wish Brie Larson would be his wife. It would be so beautiful. Uh, no, um, I, I just no, don't. That's what no. I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. Well, and that's that's Brie I'm, Larson would be Mara Jade, and there would be supposedly a family with with two kids, and it would Timothy Zahn's books would be would come back into the fold. Wouldn't that also introduce the comic book where they had Cade Skywalker, the potentially, Jedi. yeah, yeah, all that stuff uh, could be put back on the table. And I'm telling you right now, I don't think any of that's going to happen. No. I really think this is with why I said Ryan Johnson screwed the pooch on this one because he really kind of took Luke Skywalker's whole backstory and went by having the whole Octu thing and the fact that he ran off to Octu well, and just disappeared. Wasn't for a while. part of those things 
Kathleen Kennedy's decision and Ryan Johnson was bought, R- fought in the R- corner. Rumor is that Kathleen wanted that. Other rumors have been, though, that Ryan Johnson wanted it. So who knows where that all came from? Why but, can't we not just all agree to tell the freaking truth? So that you know, I I really think this Favreau thing is either it's one of two things: either they are making room and Kathleen's on her way out, or it's a MacGuffin to say, well, we move people around. And then keep Kathleen Kennedy and be like, well, well, that's it. There we go. We did our, our change. Let's move on. And <laughs> I don't think. people around. You should, should be happy. Here's what I warn the LFL community about. If you think that moving Dave Filoni up to executive, co-executive, whatever you want to call him, Archbishop, you know, Filoni. <laughs> and that that's it. And that Star Wars fans are going to be happy. And they're going to stop. They're going to stop ghosting Kathleen Kennedy, and they're going to stop demanding that Gina Carano be brought back. I hate to tell them that's not going to work, and it may actually backfire worse. I think the fans may actually see through your bull, and they may actually call you out in it, and they make it worse instead of better. I really, I am. You'll suddenly see Disney Plus membership drop. I'm telling you right now, I I stick by our, our last episode's title is "Go Woke, Go Broke." I'm sticking by it. If they're going to keep going woke the way they are, they are going to go broke with Star Wars. They are not going to make money off of it, and fans are going to leave in droves. They will find something else to watch. Suddenly, Star Trek might become popular again. I don't know. (laughs) Something might become more popular. Babylon 5 might come back in a resurgence. Who knows? Firefly in a different form. Stargate. Firefly, I would love to see it. I I really personally think that if they don't fix this and fix it soon, they're going to lose their entire Star Wars fan base, and where are they going to go? I I don't... I'm concerned about Star Wars. I have been saying that. The Mandalorian was the potential fix for it all. And they screwed that up, and now I don't know how. I, I just, man, they they, they are in. I, I think Star Wars is in dire straits. For the first time, I'm actually got more. I feel better about the Star Trek franchise than I do about the Star <laughs> Wars franchise. And what does that say? I mean, Star Trek's got Discovery. They've got some cool things ha- going on. I give them some Star credit. Trek Discovery been kind of low, like. People have been giving it's, it it's 2.5. Mixed. It's mixed. I'll tell you what it is about Discovery. It, either you like it, I like it. It's different. It is not it is not the 1960s Star Trek. It definitely steps way outside that box about the way you look at the universe and the way you look at the world, which is fine with me. But some people are like, well, it's not like the original. Well, it's not intended to be like the original. It is not like the next generation. Well, it's not intended to be like the next generation. You have to kind of, you know, obfuscate yourself of both of those and be like, okay, it is a new style of Star Trek, and I'm going to just open myself up to that style of Star Trek. But at the same time, Picard's really popular. With the Star Trek The Next Generation fans, it's coming back for a second season. And, I mean, I, I get concerned because how old is Jean-Luc Picard at this point? I mean, I don't know how many more seasons they're going to get out of this guy before he, you know, he might not be able to move. You know, like, I just... Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but he's Patrick getting up and Stewart Patrick is, Stewart's getting old, people. Sorry, he's not aged like a, he's not aged like a fine wine like many people have been well, saying. Well, no, I will for, say this: Patrick Stewart <laughs> did start McGregor. later in his career as you know. I mean, at, but what I'm saying is like he was a great actor. Don't get me wrong; he mm-hmm. was a stage actor. He did a lot mm-hmm. of you know Shakespearean things and stuff in England. Didn't he also but, do a movie of the Christmas Carol? One of them. Yes. Yep. He did great things. He did a Moby Dick movie, too, by the way. He did a great oh. job in that one, too. But what you have to understand about is his 
movie and TV career did not start till much later in his life. I think he was in his 60s when it first oh. started here in the United States. It, it, he had a career in Britain. He had a, a TV career in Britain. He had a stage career in Britain. Not a lot of people know that. But his TV career here didn't start till he was 50, 60 years old. And, yeah, he's he's getting up in age. And I, <laughs> I do worry. Picard's a great show. Don't get me wrong. But I do worry the lead character dies. Well, Picard can't do? really go on. You know, so it's, it's you know. Some so, of these show titles no but, longer like I said, Picard. The, it's the next, next generation. Here we are. Like I'm saying, there's more there's more meat on the Star Trek bone right now than, than there, there is on the Star, Star Wars. Wars bone. And that's sad because Star Wars had all this potential wrapped up into the Mandalorian. And like I said, like a grenade, somebody blew it all up and it's now kind of eh, And you tried to anywhere. give new you tried to produce new films and they the fans didn't take to them. Yeah. They didn't take to them at all. No. You and thought I, that because oh, if you build it they will come. If you put these new films out, they'll come for them, they'll attach to them, they'll I, go I, to I, them I like water, this. but they I'm actually, instead returned against them. I'm actually not against what Filoni has suggested before, which is to say they were all a dream and then restart back at end of Return of the Jedi. Or end of the Mandalorian because it's after the Return of the Jedi. Like, start from the Mandalorian and move forward with a different ending and say that, that all that was like a dream, right? Or that it was a forced dream that somebody got forced to dream about. I say, I'm kind of like, I'm good with that. Let's do that. I'm okay with that. But you have <laughs> reset. There are two pro- There is one or two problems I have for that. What's that? First off, two year main actors are dead. I know, Peter, you could replace somebody else, but Fisher is dead. Secondly, Harris- Harrison has done... Per- no, perfect. I'll tell you why that's perfect. You don't want them. I'm... Build a brand new franchise without Han, Luke, and Leia. You don't want them don't attached even, at all. No, no. Maybe you, mentioned, but not attached to it. Maybe have Luke training a new era of Jedi, but nope. after that, maybe nope. they're like... Not even that. No. Here's the new on, Jedi Temple. On, you didn't let me finish my, my There's statement. There's a statue of Luke Skywalker, and oh, I remember Luke fondly. He was a great Jedi. That, that, you that. can't have him being Grandmaster and not necessarily be in touch with every Jedi, but... We have Padawans who are trained by nope. Padawans by trained who are... Nope. I love Mark Hamill, but his time's done. His era's over. It's time for a new generation. It's like... He apparently wants to do one more Luke film, and I he wants get to it, do it, I get it the way I, he wants to do it. I think it's the Coca-Cola, right? It's the choice of a new generation. That's what we need <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. We need the Coca-Cola. <laughs> Pepsi's done. Pepsi's over. Let Pepsi die. Coca-Cola, the choice of a new generation in the Star Wars universe. I, I, I don't even like Coke. I'm just talking about that. Because Coke is sponsored by Pepsi. Coke used to have a campaign called the choice of a new generation. Great. <laughs> Let's have Star Wars, the choice of a new generation. No more Skywalker. No more well, Palpy. Okay. Sorry. If you were to pick that, how would you start? Uh, a new Jedi temple has arisen. Jedi are on the rise again. And the Sith are on the run. But there's a... So maybe the maybe everything is flipped, right? So the new republic's in command, and the empire is now the rebellion, fighting against the evil rebellion or the evil high republic or new republic or whatever you want to call it. So you would want the resistance to be the empire. Yeah, they're on the downfall, trying to get themselves together, and the good guys are in control. And I want to see the good guys foobar it up and have the bad guys eventually take over. And so. The world could flip-flop because look at world history, right? Every time the good guy takes over, somebody screws something up, bad guy shows up. Come on. It happens all the time. 
bad guy takes over and people are at first are like, yay, bad guy. We love you. Everything's great. And then the bad guy does all sorts of stuff to the people and they'll go, you suck. And then it flip flops and they're like, come on, good guys. We want you back. Why does this feel like the okay. French getting invaded? But we hate you in Americans. We get... Oh, we oh, the Germans! Yeah. We love you, Americans. Yes, that's exactly. I mean, think about it, how many times this happened in world history, right? Okay, when you when you when you go all the way back, England, France, Germany, America, right? Like it, it's it. The world history flips like that all the time. Why not let Star Wars flip like that all the time? Why does the good guy always have to win? Why does the bad guy always have to lose? Because why can't the bad guy be the the small force fighting the good guy who might be the, turning into the bad guy? Because the almighty because right? the almighty George Lucas said no. I get it, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Like George Lucas based it all in mythology, and that's great. But mythology is not based in reality. So why not introduce some reality into this mythology to show the Star Wars I, I'd evolving? Like to, I'd like to kind of see maybe another version of the Mandalorian versus Jedi War, but more. This era of Mandalorians, not the old school. Yeah, well, I think that would like, be a, have the Jedi Order go toe to toe with the Mandos again. And the I Mandos think that are, could be a th- yeah. a third faction in amongst all this, and that is that maybe the underground of the Huts and the Mandos and the Bounty Hunters are starting to grow because the Republic can't get it under control, or maybe they're so far underground they have no way to control it. You see, I should be in charge of this stuff. Okay, so those are our thoughts on several subjects. I am sitting in the Mr. Filoni chair. There you go. So those are our thoughts on Robert Pattinson as the Batman. The Riddler outfit. The creepy Riddler outfit. And Marvel's MODOK, which I just don't think you should take seriously. The Snake Eyes trailer. And Dave Filoni. He totally, totally getting a promotion a year ago so we'd love to hear from you so you can let us know what you think you can email us at galaxycast.gmail.com you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter you can find us on MeWe. you can find us on rumble you can find us on youtube because we have not been banned there you notice i keep saying yet and uh so we'll be back in just a little bit we're going to uh, review the next episode of wandavision uh, which will be episode three. So we'll be back in just a moment. 17 meters, 15 meters, 13 meters. That's right outside the door. There they go over there. Get him. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Come on. Come on. Get him, baby. Come on. Come on. Come on. You bastard. Come on, you too. Oh, you want some of that? Fuck you. We'll be right back after we take care of some aliens. From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, it's Millennium Falcon that you put together. Batteries not included. Nice landing, Han Solo. Uh-oh, come on, Chewbacca. Stormtroopers are coming. Action figures each sold separately. Got them on radar. I'll fire the laser cannon. There's even a hidden storage hatch. Ready for takeoff. Jump to light speed. We're gone. On to the Death Star. Millennium Falcon from Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately. He was born in Arid Luin in the Third Age to Glowin, his father, and an unknown female that was his mother, although females of his kind are not seen anyway. When his father went on a quest to reclaim Erebor, he was deemed too young, being only 62 years young. He was a part of the Longbeards and would eventually be cousins with Balin, who would eventually be a lord of Moria. He would eventually be called upon by his people to serve on the Council of Elrond and henceforth becomes a well-known member of the Fellowship that agrees to destroy the Ring of Power forged by Sauron in Mount Doom. 
Although part of the Fellowship, he didn't get along with the elf of the group because of the elf's father, Thranduil, had once imprisoned his own father, Glowin. After being unable to go through the pass at Carafus, he suggested they go through the mines under the mountain known as Moria. He led the Fellowship to the chamber of Mazarbul, where he discovered the future his cousin Balin, who was killed by orcs. But his mourning was cut short because the cave was filled with orcs, cave trolls, and even a Balrog that would eventually take the life of the Fellowship's wizard, Gandalf the Grey. When Aragorn led the Fellowship out of the mines of Moria and into the forest of Lothlorien, where the Fellowship had to be blindfolded because he didn't trust the elves of the forest. However, his opinion of elves changed when he met the wise and fair Galadriel. When asked what he wished for above all else, he told her he only wished for a single lock of her golden blonde hair. She gave him the name Lockbearer, and this interaction solidified the friendship with him and the elf of the Fellowship, Legolas. Not too long after, the Fellowship was attacked at Ammon Hen, and he found himself with Legolas and Aragorn tracking Marion Pippin, who had been captured by orcs. He ran with them to the land of Rohan in a miraculous two days where they met Eomir, who offered to take them to King Theoden, but they declined. As they continued their search, they ran across a familiar friend in Fangorn Forest. That is where they met Gandalf, the White, who led them to Edoras, where he cast out the evil that was controlling King Theoden and banished Grima Wormtongue. He continued to show his valor as he helped in the Battle of Helm's Deep, where he killed 42 orcs and was happy to find out Legolas only killed 41. He then rode with Aragorn and Legolas to the Pass of the Dead, where Aragorn summoned the dead men of Dunharrow and led them to the fields of Gondor at Pelagir, where they ran off Sauron's forces. They took the Corsairs to the Pelennor Fields, where they defeated Minas Tirith at the Battle of the Pelennor Fields. He alone represented dwarves at the Battle of Moranin, where Sauron was finally defeated. After the war, he went to Algorand to establish a new dwarf kingdom. After the death of Aragorn in the Fourth Age, he went to the Undying Lands with Legolas. And he is Gimli. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Is your invisible town looking for power, but don't know who to use as a supplier? Does it seem like every person you talk to about your invisible town thinks you are out of your mind? Well, maybe you are, but so are we. Uh. To solve all the problems of your invisible town's power, call Town Power at one 800 sword S-W-O-R-D. That's one 800 7 3 
We can help get the invisible power you need into your invisible town to make sure your human characters can still go about their fake lives and live up their fake TV shows. Our power company can provide with hours and hours of fake gigawatt power that requires no use and, well, no actual power. And the best part? It doesn't cost you a dime. But then again, your fake town has no fake currency that would require you to pay money anyway. At Invisitown Power, we work for hours on end to provide you with gigawatts and gigawatts of the green new energy you need to provide your invisible town with the power it needs. Just don't ask us to provide gigawatts of real power because windmills and solar panels can't hold a candle to a nuclear power plant in real life. Not fake news, look it up. But none of that is a worry to Invisitown Power. Invisitown Power will provide you power, at least until you give birth to twins. Invisipower, the Galaxy Cast and Star Productions are not responsible for any political inferences from this commercial. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast. Target, maximum firepower. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we review Season 1, Episode 3, like there's going to be a Season 2, of WandaVision titled Now in Color. And so this one got interesting, and this is the one where I kind of was like, alright, now you got me hooked. Is this the one that got you hooked a little bit on the show? There are some cracks in reality, yes. Yeah, absolutely. one and two were kind of like, okay, but three is the one I was kind of like, okay, now you're starting to get me into this one a little one bit. One and two, the comedy felt really stilted. This one kind of felt almost pun-like. Well, this was like bad dad comedy all the way through. And I was going to say is that's not a bad thing, but I live with you. Yeah. So in the 1970s <laughs> setting, now you brought up some interesting, I do think there are some shows at the, the beginning that they're trying to emulate. So I agree with you. They were definitely emulating the Brady Bunch quite a bit at the I, beginning. I just felt like the logo with the yep. octagon. Yep. First off, huge hit. Yep. Second off, the way the octagons popped in, it kind of felt Brady Bunch-esque yep. if you were just to replace it with like actual yes. regular boxes. So Brady Bunch, uh, I think they were also showing a little bit of Laverne and Shirley, a little bit of the Happy Days, which, by the way, were all produced in the 1970s, even though they were about the 50s, which is kind of ironic, although Laverne and Shirley's more about the 60s, 70s. They had a 70s vibe to them, so I think that's why they kind of did that, but they were produced in the 70s, even though Happy Days is about the 50s. So in the 1970s setting, Dr. Nielsen says Wanda is four months pregnant, and everything is fine before leaving for an intended holiday with his wife. Now, remember, Wanda got pregnant, I don't know, 12 minutes ago. Uh, and I'd she's say about four months along already. Minutes ago, because it's not that like drastic of a time difference. Right. But I, you know, I did think it was interesting the way he explained to Wanda, you know, the sizes of a child through all the different <laughs> stages, you honeydew. know, using everything from a honeydew all the way down to what was an apple, I think, a, a right? Pear. Or a pear. A pear. Which I thought to... was interesting. I wish a doctor had said that to me, like all the different <laughs> sizes of the child. No, I'm serious, because when you're a father and you're not carrying the child, you have no idea what the size of that zygote <laughs> is in there, and you're kind of like, gee, I wonder how big the kid is. Well, It'd be it... kind of nice to know that, hey, you know, they're at, uh, you know, honeydew stage right now. Oh, okay, well, that gives me an idea what well, size Well, I think about. that it would be a lot bigger on the ending of it, like that day, I imagine it's well, like I a watermelon imagine, or a bowling remember, ball. Remember, he said it was, I think, seventh month is a watermelon. I would think. No, no, no. It goes, it was pear to papaya to I get uh, pineapple. That. I then get that. Honeydew was the last one he said. Yes, but he was talking about the seventh month as a honeydew. Okay. 
Okay, gestation is nine months, if you weren't aware of that. So I would imagine I month was, nine but... was a water, like more like a watermelon, maybe a small watermelon. So while Vision sees Nielsen out, he sees his neighbor Herb unknowingly cut through their wall. And this was the first time where I was kind of like, oh, there are now cracks in what's going on, cracks in reality, cracks in what we're seeing. And I kind of had a feeling that something wasn't quite right. I just... The part of that that kind of creeped me out, he's like, oh, yeah, and he keeps, like, smiling. And smiling at him as he's cutting through the concrete wall. Uh, Now, there is an an unrealistic part of that, and that is that there is no way on God's green earth that a hedge clipper would cut through concrete. So what does that say about the concrete? It's not really there. It's fake. (laughs) And that was what I would, I think that's the point they were trying to make. And it was fake concrete, obviously. And you you were like, well, the background looked fake. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. When, I think when you that's had on the, purpose. You had the scene later on with Agatha. I didn't notice it, but it looks very like somebody hand painted that piece. Well, again, if you go back and look at the, some of those '70s shows, you know they'll have the foreground is, you know, what it is, right? So when you look at the the, I, I'm I'm thinking specifically if you go in the backyard of the Brady Bunch, right? Mm-hmm. The the fence is a real fence right in the back, but then behind that is a canvas backdrop, and you knew it. There was no way, like almost you never, like a stage backdrop it, kind it, of thing. Yeah, it was stationary, so the birds never flew by. Right, <laughs> you never saw the sky move. The clouds stayed the same every shot, every time, every episode. So you knew it had that like fake canvas painted background feeling to it, Gee, and you kind of knew. Gee, Johnny, that bird's been. Stuck mid-flight forever. Right. <laughs> Johnny, the sun never moves. Why is that? It's always daylight out here. Yeah. So that's, yeah, and it had that feeling to it. So that that was the other part, I think, that gave it the uh, the Brady Bunch feeling, as it were. So we go on. Wanda and Vision paint a nursery while debating what to name their child before Wanda's pregnancy ev- elevates to six months. So they go into the nursery, and they start debating the name of the child. And I, I just realized something this time around mm. that I had not caught the first time around. You know, Wanda starts putting together a crib, mm-hmm. but there was already a crib. What? So how many cribs were in the room? No, no, no. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. What I the? pointed that out while we were watching. I, I didn't hear you say that. Yeah, there was a crib was in the other too, corner already, I was and too she focused. put the crib together in the in the opposite corner. There was already a crib made. Did she think maybe she was going to have twins? I think maybe, yeah. She was oh. telegraphing to us that she was going to have twins. And by the way, I also noticed in the background there were two changing tables with two dressers. You, and I see, went, you're ah. that person who does that. I don't look for all of those I things. I don't see you're, it necessarily the first time. I caught it this time around. And the second go around. Gary's the one who would catch it the first time. And he be like, would be, Oh, yeah. look, there's two changing but, tables. But I will say, there were two changing tables and there were two cribs, which I did not catch the first time around, which I think that was like our gigantic clue that she's having twins. Now, I had an idea we were going to be seeing twins because in the comic books, Vision and Juan and and... and yeah, Scarlet Witch have that. twins. I mean, they have twin kids. There's no doubt about it. They have powers. They later, you know, grow up to having powers, and that's fine. But I just thought it was interesting that we show them having twins here, and that, that I thought was very telling. All I know is, is you, you, uh, you immediately, as soon as the crib was put together, like if only it was that easy. Oh my goodness, cribs <laughs> are a pain in the. <laughs> I, I have no especially for the that. dads. Oh, don't worry when you get to that point. <laughs> okay, so she elevates <laughs> to six months when she catches Agnes and Herb. Or sorry, 
When she begins contractions, her abilities to get begin to move things in the house and eventually shut down the entire town's power. No, she makes butterflies come to life. Well, I mean, like, oh my goodness, the things that ca- that happen. So you see pictures spinning in the background. You know, you see the, the ice maker the going ice maker crazy, cranking everything out. Water in the sink boiling. Water in the sink boiling. We have the washer explodes. The washer exploding. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, the the mixer turned on. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens, uh, and then you know, and there's a lot again, a lot to the comedy here, right? So all of a sudden, it starts raining in the house, and she's like, <laughs> "I think oh, my water, I think broke. my water broke." Ha ha ha. My favorite is this would be totally mom and you. You were like with the books, and he's like, "Oh, I know what that is." Flips one page and reads the description of like false labor and then starts reading all the yeah, background the, the Braxton Hicks yeah and starts reading the history of the Braxton <laughs> and, Hicks now I'll admit you're, you're gonna you laugh have at that this look with mom where it's like well okay. move along get hang to on what hang on hang on I did do this to your mother there was a set of books <laughs> called what to expect when you're expecting mm-hmm. and yes there was a chapter in there about the Braxton Hicks <laughs> your mother knew everything about like what Braxton Hicks are how they feel what it would do to her body I knew everything about Braxton Hicks the guy who <laughs> discovered the Braxton Hicks. So between the two of us, we had everything. I had all the history. She had all the what it does, so and we had that part So that had happened uh, it was kind during of ironic. one of the three yes. pregnancies. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and like she even said, look up Braxton Hicks again. And I go, okay, and I'm reading like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Braxton Hicks was a, a doctor from, she was like, no, no, no. And Not that. She was, yeah, Not she was, asked, she was just what asking do. what a Braxton Hicks is and what it feels like. And here I am uh, reading the history of Braxton. So, you know, it, it was, yes, I went through that with my wife. I did think it was funny that they hid under the table and you brought up the fact that the shag carpet would be soaked. Had to be soaked, right? And I'm like, White that is definitely 70s. Carpet. <laughs> it's definitely 70s. And then she blow dries like no tomorrow, which I thought that was, you know, kind of definitely put a new, new idea to blow dry. Now, they, they kind of glaze over some important things here. So Geraldine shows up. So Vision leaves to go get the doctor, and because, Geraldine shows up. Because the contractions are getting shorter. Right, so they're getting shorter. Like, so they're like, so okay, it's actually it's going to happen soon. She's like, we have till next week Friday. Well, no, I didn't account for. Actually, he said t- this week Friday. We have week, till Friday. This week Friday. But apparently, as it went along, timing shortened down a little bit. He didn't take that into well, consideration and- or whatever. Knowing what we know now, mm-hmm. obviously she moved the timeline along because she's kind of in charge of most of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting that Geraldine arrives and then she starts having more um, problems and more more contractions. And I, I did think the stork thing was interesting. They left this part out here mm-hmm. where the stork kept showing up and she's trying to... Well, first off, she's trying to hide from Geraldine that she's pregnant. I don't know so why. She, I was going to say, it's kind of like really kind of insignificant, I, I thought. But okay, we're trying to hide that. Because it would seem a little odd because I don't think you're living in town for a full four but or having five tractions six within five seconds, I think, would be, you know, just as odd. But so okay. all of a sudden, she throws this coat on. She walks to the kitchen. She has a contraction. The coat changes to a raincoat, which is weird. <laughs> I think the best one was when it changed to a mink coat, and she's like, oh, <laughs> oh this ooh, luxurious. Nice. You know, like, <laughs> and then she Geraldine throws the walks- coat outside, you notice, at that point. <laughs> and, and Geraldine walks in, and just notices going, she's holding a 
And she's a holding bowl of pears right, and apples. Right. So all of a sudden you're holding a bowl of fruit and that's and enough to just cover up your pregnancy belly so that she'll go, Oh, you're not pregnant. You know, well, it's look, like fruit. <laughs> first off, how stupid is Geraldine? I mean, obviously she's being controlled and manipulated. And again, we find this all out later, but at the time I'm kinda like, uh, how did you not, not see that, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, it was like a peanut <laughs> right? Like so Geraldine arrives and helps Wanda deliver twins Billy and Tommy. Now, that's the argument of the the boys' names that they had from earlier, mm-hmm. and they decide to just use those names, Tommy and Billy, because Billy's the all-American boy, and Tommy as in... in oh, no, it was the other no, way around. No. Tommy's the all-American boy, Billy and as Billy is William, William Shakespeare. Shakespeare. And, and, and I think he mentioned Albert Einstein. No, he mentioned not, Shakespeare specifically, no? so okay. no, I don't think Albert Einstein was mentioned. But I do think it's kind of interesting. I believe, if I remember correctly, that is the reason given for their names in the comics, wow. too, if I remember correctly. See, they so, really pulled from the they comics. They did. They did. Wow. There was a whole, like, there was a special edition of the comics of Vision and Scarlet Witch having kids. Vision catches Agnes and Herb gossiping outside. Now, I think this is where it gets really interesting, because Vision really... Kind of realizes something's going on I think here, two and things Agnes that happen, is definitely at the center of it all. But right? I think two things that cause this is one, the doctor saying we might not be able to get on under vacation because you know small towns, right? You can't escape, and that phrasing of that line, the way he said it, and the him pause, off to the uh, yeah, the pause, right, the pause that tipped him off to the gossiping because he couldn't hear what they're saying, and then they're not alluding to things they keep saying, right. Doesn't have a home because she just came into town for and and doesn't finish the sentence. And then they shrug it off. And then you add this to the next conversation. They talk about Geraldine, who's just arrived in town and does not have a home or a family. So, you know, again, knowing what we know later, we know everybody's got a family. Everybody's got a home. Everybody's got something. We did skip. But somehow Geraldine passes over all of that, right? We did skip her one little thing where... They come in with the doctor, and the doctor's like, it was like we were flying. Yes, yeah, because Vision like, was, was, like was running, running. At super speed. Yeah, he was, was almost like the Flash at that point, you know. <laughs> the Flash. Ta-da. Right, so <laughs> Wanda inter- uh, inside Wanda interrogates Geraldine after the latter reveals she knows Ultron killed Wanda's brother Pietro. Now, I do want to point out, because like everybody's like, oh, you know, th- th- that happened. And I was like, wait a minute. Wanda actually had a moment where she slipped mm. and she said, I had a twin brother, Pietro. That was on her. What yep. happened there was Geraldine simply reacted to that. So I know a lot of people are like, well, Geraldine kind of let the cat out of the bag. No, I think Wanda let the cat out of the bag. And then when she asked her again, it kind of circled back to right before. So it felt almost like a bad edit like we had earlier in the episode where we right. almost went down that rabbit hole and he had that like the Snap beekeeper edit. and she went yeah no no no, no that was la- that was the end of the last episode no yeah. i know but what i'm saying is that was the same style of edit right like mm-hmm. we didn't see the like where they went backwards Ooh. it just snapped and went backwards and we went back to it it it, it was the uh, ultimate uh what my teachers like to say the bad snap edit yeah he had five frames of things that were not supposed yeah, to they, be there they hit the floor <laughs> but you didn't take them out right and Every once in a while, you have those phantom in, frames. Right in old movies, you would get that every once in a while, where there's like a bad clip because they when they when they did the editing, and you know this because of your oh, your yeah. background, uh, they literally cut the film right. Like they would cut it between this frame and that frame, uh, but it would jump so certain people would move to a certain spot and they would jump across the room and yeah. like weird edits like that. And it was really obvious when they would make edits like that because they 
because of the way they they did editing back then. Basically, oh. they would cut it and then tape it. Yeah, and put I was going to say together. my teachers showed editing of audio, but they said it's almost the same thing for video. Is you had an A reel and a B reel, yep. and you would go playing from A reel to B reel, rewind, yep. snip, snip, retape, go back playing through from A to B, rewind it again, you know what's play really it sad again, is, rewind it again, play it again. You know what's again. really sad is I remember using reel to reel audio recorders for our church services. So we would record the church service, we would record the pastor, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, occasionally you'd have either uh, dead spots where nothing's being said or somebody sneezed. So then you'd have to cut, right, and edit it. And, and yeah, you, we would literally... Were you we would, doing that? Yep. Oh that's my. how we did it. So you'd figure out where the sneeze what, what? was, you'd cut it out, and you'd tape it back together and rerun it. Wasn't yeah. there, like, a difference in the thickness of tape? Uh, there could be, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm... So that was always the master reel. So you had you the said... master reel that was kind of all taped together, right? Mm-hmm. And then you would make a copy of that master reel, and that was the final, the first edit. Uh, and that's where the where the term master copy comes from because ma- that would be the master copy, the one that's taped together, and then the first edit is the actual one you duplicate later on. That's called a duplicate copy. And all I know is that when we were shown these real real edits in class from one of my teachers, he talked about old nine mils. Yes, and that's what he was using. He had an old nine mil yep. radio, uh, audio recorder that he had to lug around yep. and record certain sound effects, and then he had to edit those sound effects in the way he wanted to appear. I'm like, oh, good night, Seth. But the cool thing about those was you could change the speed, the duration, all that kind of stuff that you really didn't have the ability to do in, like... So when you did cassette recorders, right, and you could record with those, you didn't have the ability to control all that stuff, but you could do it in 9 mil. So that's why even when cassette recorders and CDs were around, 9 mil recorders were still being used by sound effects folks because... None of the digital stuff had come out yet. You could almost do what they did in Dick Tracy with the mumbler and like play with the line. Yep. I watched the Dick Tracy with Dad recently. It's kind of yeah, the movie, and he played the line to get him to yeah be less mumbles. Yeah, mumbles. So going on. So inside, (laughs) Wanda interrogates Geraldine after the latter reveals she knows Ultron killed Wanda's brother Pietro, and I think that's interesting that you know we we get right on Pietro and Ultron. I was kind of like, okay, this is not going to be good, and it doesn't end well because then she sees that Geraldine's got the necklace on with the sword on it. Where did you get that? And that's where I was kind of like, okay, Geraldine's a plant. We had to know at that point, Geraldine's a plant. So, so Wanda notices that Geraldine is wearing a pendant with a sword emblem on it. When we, Vision we returns... Cut, we cut to Vision, running in the house, changing into yep. actual Vision phase. Geraldine is gone. And I was kind of like, the minute Geraldine was gone, I was actually worried that Wanda had killed Geraldine. I thought maybe <laughs> she like killed her and stuffed her up the chimney or something <laughs> weird like that, right? Like, Why does that sound like the Grinch? <laughs> well, I mean, like, it... Yes, okay, so I... Do you get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, you, there you was were, kind of that You were weird... imagining her to snap her out of existence. Right, right. Like... I, kind of a weird, like, she's gone, right? I mean, she's the Scarlet Witch. She has quite a bit of power in the, in the Marvel Universe. Uh, outside of Westview, so now we go to Westview. Now, you pointed out something I did not catch the first two times watching this. Mm. So when we switch from the inside of Westview to outside of Westview, if you watch it the again last, next time... like, four seconds between... The actual WandaVision show, the bars disappear. Right. So we go from 4-3 television, which was standard television back in the, the 70s. the bars come in from the Then top. we go to 16-9, right, which is the widescreen. The bars come in from the top, and then, boom. Right. We go into widescreen, which says, okay, we're going from whatever's going on in there to now we're back in reality. So if you... If, 
So they did do something. So a lot of people are like, well, I couldn't distinguish between what's going on there and going on. They did give you clues about what's going on there and what's going on in reality. They just, they they gave it in ways that you really had to be looking for it. And I think that's I why some people missed though it. Though I can see as we get into like 80s and 90s and then like six and seven, uh, five, six and seven, mm-hmm. when we get towards the end of the season, we're more in HD, we might not be seeing that. Yeah. In episodes one, two, three, four, maybe even four. Well, one, two, and three, you're definitely going to see it. Yep. Because it's four, three. That's the times. Right. So Geraldine emerges through a wall of static and is surrounded by sword agents, or at least that's the implication we get. Later on, we confirm that. Now, in the middle of this episode, just like with all the other ones, right, a commercial during the WandaVision program advertises for Hydra soak bath powder. Now, you had said that you you the, thought are these fan, commercials are the fan now theories for the, are talking about. Infinity and stones. Infinity right? stones. So, so the Hydra Soak would be what? Reality, reality. Because it's talking about escaping your own reality. Okay, what about Strucker Watches? Uh, Strucker Watch, I think, is Power Stone because it's a symbol of power and strength. Okay. How about the Stark Industries Toast Me? Uh, yes. Yeah, that, that one I don't know. I think people might say that is the Soul Stone because it's a death. Okay. Because even he can do it and well, certain things like that. How many stones is there? There's, there's five, one, right? There's one on the thumb, one in the center of the, the gauntlet, and four on each knuckle. Well, okay, so four on one, the knuckles, so five, four, five, six, six right? There's I don't think there's enough commercials. No, but there's no commercials in, in – go back down. There is no commercial in eight or nine. No, I get that, but I'm saying there's not enough commercials. There's one in seven, there's one in six, there's one in five. So there's one, two, three. Well, the claymation – There's none in four because we don't go into WandaVision in four. So perhaps so maybe the four, first... five, and six. So you're missing three. No. One, two, three, four. One, five, two, six. and three. There's not one and four. There's three. Um, four and five. Six and six. Seven and seven. No eight, no nine. No eight, no nine. But that's... Do you get what I'm saying? That's what one, I'm saying. Two, three, that four, five, I'm kind of. I'm. It is six because you have the one in the thumb, four across the knuckles, and then one in the center, and that's six. Okay, so we've got one, two, three, four, five, five six. six commercials. Okay, maybe. That's the fan theory is that okay. each one of them represents an infinity stone. Okay. I, I, I was, I was just checking hallucin- numbers to see if numbers oh, lined yeah, up. No I get it. I, I get it. It's the Reddit a, page is quite extensive. It's, it's 100 pages uh, yeah. of Reddit It's stuff. an interesting theory that I did not think about. I thought it was maybe things that Wanda had experienced in her life. But I can see where the stones might be. And I think we'll have it, to go back it might and be twisting that. between those two ideas mm-hmm. that they well, maybe, are based in the reality stones, but they're also based on her maybe trauma. It, maybe it is based on Thanos' thing because, remember, a lot of this is off of the trauma that Thanos killed Vision. So Yes, but it's also based on the trauma she's had of her years being in so the in two things are, control. All right, are all completely intermingled is what I'm saying. Is yeah. The, the two things yeah. go hand in hand. Yeah. But I, I'd never thought of the, the Infinity Stones it's, maybe being part of the commercials. It's a crazy theory. It is, but there it is, might actually there are work. Reddit pages filled with it. I get it, but it actually might work. That theory might work. Video Land's going to be loving me. I was looking at my hand half the time trying to okay, go through. Okay, so uh, what were your thoughts in this episode? Let's, let's rate this one. Zeros that don't bother. Tens of must see. I don't like to spend a lot of time on because, I mean, if you've watched WandaVision, you know what it's about. You know what's going on. We know where you we're going. Know the episode. If we, right, we, we dawdle on it too long, we don't cover it. Anymore. So so what do you think? Is this a, a zero don't bother Ten of us. See where where do you land on this particular episode of Wandavision? Seven okay. out of ten. A lot of good humor. 
that wasn't like stilted humor out of the 50s and 60s. Definitely 70s humor. Definitely your kind of humor. Mm, dad jokes. Yep. It was very well thought out. I thought that we start to see the cracks in reality. We start seeing Agatha's. If you watch it and you know what the ending is, you start looking at Agatha and going, hmm, what? what's she doing and how's she doing? I it? see yeah. too much on her character of being very old school dressed to be like, mm-hmm. she's she doesn't fit. I definitely have to admit, now that I know the ending, I'm watching the show the differently. The necklace. The necklace on her neck is like right off the brooch that she has later on in the show. Yep. Yeah. I'm right. watching her differently as we go through this. You, you, you tend to, once you know what's going to happen, you are like eyeballing that character. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I, and I, I think once you watch the show once, it changes your view completely on it. And I can see how Gary says the same thing for like watching the movies over since Endgame. You well, I told you that. Reality. Yep. Yeah. You look right. at things completely differently. Oh, yeah. Yep. Definitely loved the film. It was very interesting. Uh, <laughs> the rapid changing definitely moved the plot along a lot faster. Mm-hmm. They could have drugged the the pregnancy kind of thing up for a couple episodes, and I felt like okay, you could have gotten more out of it. But I'm I'm not saying it was bad. Okay, I would give this one like a six. It's not a like a it's not a must see. Wow, I'm high on this one. You are high on this one. This is not a must see. It's important. I think you could have gotten a lot of what happened in this episode in the next episode anyway, because in the next episode a lot happens, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like for towards the end started to flounder a little bit because you kind of knew where you were going to go. She's going to have a child. Part of me about halfway through this episode was looking at my watch going, okay, can we just have the kid already and be done with it? Like, you know what's going to happen. Can we just get it over with and and just get to it? Now, I liked how they, you know, had one child come out and then she's like, ooh, I'm going to have another. And, you know, if you didn't know <laughs> they were going to have twins, that was kind of like a nice surprise. It was a That's nice. That's why I'm not uh, giving us like a four or three. Attention subversion or whatever it's called. Right. But at the same time, I was kind of like, I, I am like, okay, you're in your third episode of this, like, TV arc thing, and I at this point when we were watching it the first time, I was kind of like, man, they better start getting to the point here, or they're going to completely lose their audience, and people are going to start tuning out. And this point in time was when Twitter and Facebook were kind of like, this show sucked. What's going on? Like, why do we keep having this? And I'm like, okay, people just hang on for one more week. Something tells me next week is going to be huge, and it was. But the thing was, if you didn't really hang on. Through all those like TV, com- you know, feeling shows, then by the time they got to the really meat and potatoes of the show, you kind of dropped out, and you dropped out at the most important point. So I did think the show got better, much better as time went on. But I have to admit, for the people who were like, I hated it at first. I'm like, I get it. I actually get it. Almost, I understand uh, why you did. Almost Gary's. But you inter- had to hang on through that whole thing just to get to the point. Right? Almost Gary's interpretation of like the first six episodes of Agents of Shield. Kind of, yeah. Where he, he kind of he, felt like it languished he, and it really he wasn't going he, anywhere. Didn't he stop watching after he episode did. six and it mm-hmm. got really good in season two? Yes. Yeah, he did. And like all he, season one was kind of just and he, filler. He he stopped just before Deadlock came in. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh, the best part happened just after and that, you right? you didn't watch it. Right, and he didn't watch it. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh, Gary, you're killing me. So that you're right. He did stop right then. It's, and that's, so Deathlock happens. And then we get into season two and Hydra shows up. And then it got really interesting. And then I'll admit, after season two, it was like up and down, right? Like, so there were, there were moments where I was like, oh, we're in, we're in the, what was the, 
the alternate reality, the... Uh, I don't know. I, after season two, I stopped, stopped, stopped keeping up on it because I was in college. Okay, well, I, there was an alternate reality they went into that was really interesting. Wasn't there one where they're in the future and Quake destroyed the world? Yes, and I got bored with that part of it, and I was just kind of like, I didn't like the timeline so thing. So suddenly, and then the, suddenly, suddenly it, it started to tailspin. It kind of, like, it started to break away from the MCU where it didn't connect at all. I gotta tell you, the best, absolute best season of Agent's Shield was season two, when it absolutely intertied with Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah. That was like, oh my gosh, Marvel nailed it. Like, nailed it. And then after season two, and then they, they blew it up. The, the, right, they blew it up Almost after a hero-style like, thing, from what I've heard. Every once in a while, it was really good, and then it just tailspin. Yeah, yeah, well, it was... I, it was I, precipitous. I, I like it, it a lot to kind of the Clone Wars, where you'd have a good episode, and then you have three bad ones. And then a good one. <laughs> and then you and have then the droid arc. ones, right? Yeah, so then it's you like, have the droids arc. <laughs> so, yeah, so... And, and then Aces of S.H.I.E.L.D. did do that. They had these great episodes, and then you'd have a couple that you'd be like, oh, my goodness. And then you have another good one, and you'd be like, oh, come on. You know, so... Yes, so and and I say that because they did things like they introduced Absorbing Man, which was awesome, and then they did something with him, and then there was like he's, three more story arcs, and he didn't see gone. him again, and he's, he's gone. gone. <laughs> so yeah, I I could liken that, and that's what I was saying. I was worried this show was going to start moving in that direction, where like you had a good episode, and then you're going to have you know three that aren't good. Luckily, I think it built all the way through. If you watched it. As it was coming out, the show kept building to the climax, and I think that was the good thing. By the way, when we do Falcon and Winter Soldier later on, which we're going to do, same thing. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier built from beginning to end, and thank goodness it did, because I, you know, there were points in it where I was kind of like, all right, I'm about ready to shut it off, because I feel like you're preaching to me, and I don't feel I like being say, preached to on my show. Falcon and Winter you know? Soldier started to have this, like, one, the One World Order yep, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. and I'm sitting there going... And like that, it, that, that wouldn't work. And like it was good, you know, like it was going to be a thing that was going to happen, and it was all oh, good. Yeah. So, but it, we'll get there when we get to. Wasn't that the soldier. Star Trek mentality too? <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. So, all right. So those were our thoughts. Uh, Austin gives it a seven. I give it a six. We'd love to hear from you. Again, you can email us at galaxycast at gmail You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Rumble. You can find us on YouTube. You can contact us through Twitter. You can contact us through Facebook. You can find us on MeWe. That's right. You can me we 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 all the way home, like my son <laughs> said the other earlier tonight. We were not but, recording this. Uh, but there's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us. We are trying to expand our horizons and be everywhere that you are. So as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the Force be with those who listen to Freaking Shatterpoints and Jedi Master Shazam. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the GalaxyCast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word GalaxyCast, all one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind the scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The GalaxyCast is a production by Star Productions. 
themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman through Star Productions, all rights reserved. Music from the intro and outro of the Galaxy Cast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, Galaxy Cast fans, follow the first star to the right and straight on till morning.